did it. Hello. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to Uncomfortable <laughs> Conversations <laughs> with the K K Twins. I'm Kathleen. I'm Kim. And you can tell we don't know what's going we're on. Just, it's, it's, been, it's been a day. So today we're going to cover unit <clears throat> four, day three, and day four. Okay. From where, you ask? Yes, from yeah. where. Show Let us. Let us tell you. So this is the book we've been going through. I can't see. I can't read it backwards. Untangling Wait, Relationships. I wonder if they see it backwards. By Pat Springle. Oh, I don't know. I don't, yeah, we don't know. Do you know. see it backwards? We don't know. We'll <laughs> Sadly, this is the first time it's ever so, crossed my mind. Untangling Relationships by Pat Springle. Yes. Okay, so yeah, you can find those on, um, well, no, you have to go to the publishing place. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just Google it. Just Google have it. To, we don't know. We don't know. Google it. Anyway, I but have it's that been super that helpful, um, and that's what we're going through, study by study, day by day, because it's made such a difference in our lives. And so, we'll, we'll tell you. Um, okay. It's from McGee Publishing Company. You if go. you order them from McGee Co- Publishing Company and tell them that you're doing this, you know, this book group book um, club with us, then you'll get a discount on your book. Okay. Like so tell them yes that you're doing it. So it's McGee Publishing Company. So you can just Google that and order it off of there. Off Beautiful. Their okay? I'm so glad you did that. There we go. All right. She likes details. I don't. I do. I do. I do. So today we're going to talk about controlling yourself. Mm. All right? Um, so to kind of start off, one of the things about trying to control ourselves is this compulsion to be right. And, you know, I relate to that. Um, <laughs> codependence, because we define ourselves by what we do, how we look, how we accomplish our tasks in life, um, failure is not an option. Okay? We have to be right. We have to be in control of our lives. Okay? Yeah. It's this ongoing struggle and battle of these two extremes of behavior. So some codependents, they become like obsessive compulsive about controlling every little thing in their lives. And we all know people like that. That may be us. We may be that about some things and not others. Um, Others, on the other hand, completely give up, withdraw from life and feel a lot of hopelessness. And we, that may be somebody you know, but that also may be you in other areas of your life. That's the thing about um, codependents is we have these these opposing parts of ourselves, mm-hmm. but obsessive compulsives want the people want the people in their lives to be in control. There, a, there's a lot of rigidity. Everybody needs to contribute um, to the need for a perfect, well ordered life. And for these types of codependents, children are stressful. They because can be really stressful. They, they're not We can't perfect. control them. We you, can't control them. They're uncontrollable. You never know what they're going to do. So you may see parents getting really stressed out when their child is just being a child. Yeah. You know? So, and I think that was a little bit of what my parents, For sure. you know, um, suffered with. You know, my mom never having had a good role model for a mother and just didn't know what to do with kids and was feeling very inadequate and very unprepared. And so she reacted with this need to control and it just didn't work and it just made her angry and stressed so and it made me angry and stressed so there you go Um, and when it comes to feelings mm -hmm. these controlling parents um they don't want you to show too much emotion Mm -hmm. so there's not sometimes you're not allowed to cry have you ever had have you ever been told Mm -hmm. no crying or i'll give you something to cry about have you ever said that to your child 
um, that can be part of that obsessive compulsive codependent behavior. Um, but also not too much laughing, not too much personality. Um, you just kind of, that whole kind of, even our parents' generation, that children are to be seen Still and not is. heard. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there's just not freedom in that. Anger, completely, completely. unacceptable. Expressly forbidden. Because Absolutely that means not. you're really out of control. If you're getting angry, you're really out of control. So, yeah, um, yeah we... Obsessive compulsive, we want everything in our life to be under control, including everybody. We expect them all to do their parts to make us feel like we have everything under control. Yes. And it's impossible. We want, because well, all of it is about us, really, which is kind mm -hmm. of a, its own crazy dynamic that we'll mm -hmm. talk about later. But feelings are actually a gift. They're a gift from God. We have them so that we can understand ourselves, so that we can understand others, so that we can understand our lives. And so... Being able to name those feelings, admit that we have them, feel our feelings, work through our feelings, learn about, and being able to empathize with other people's mm -hmm. feelings is really, really powerful and why God put us here. We're not supposed to stuff them and hide them and not feel them and pretend like they don't exist. We're supposed to use them. But obsessive um, compulsives or just codependence in general um, also have to control our emotions. We just don't. We are so out of touch with yeah. how we feel. You may ask them how they feel. Oh, they don't even know. Right. They really don't even know. Or or we say everything's fine. It's great. Yeah, everything's fine. All the time. Let's smile. Everything's good. Everything's yeah. great. So, <laughs> exactly. That's that's when people who are closest to me knew things were scary. As if things were really bad and I was just smiling. Exactly. They'd so, be like, oh no. Part of it too is when you talk about relating to God, a codependence relationship with God is likely to be obsessive, compulsive, and highly controlled, okay? It's often rigid, like you said, rigid and ritualistic, mm -hmm. but it's filled with good activities. We do a lot of good things for the Lord. We do it for Him, you know, but it has very little spontaneity and warmth. Well, I really feel like part of that is because it's not about relationship. Mm -hmm. It's about ritual. And about perfection and doing it right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So when you don't have the relationship side of it, but you can check things off on a box, that makes us feel very good mm -hmm. in our, in our uh, desire to control things. But codependents try to manage kind of twin burdens of either always being right or always being in control. And they have kind of two looks to them. So they appear selectively perfect or they're broken and helpless. So just, we have these two extremes mm -hmm. when it comes to our relationships with others, but also in our relationship with God. Go ahead, you were saying well, I was just going to say, those people who become, um, we, we think they're irresponsible, but they just become um, broken and helpless, like you said. Yeah. That's just another side of that coin because they've, they've tried so hard to be perfect and control everyone and everything around them. They found they couldn't, so they just gave up. Yep. Well, haven't, I mean, have you ever experienced, that mm -hmm. was, yep. If I could, you know how many people, like myself included, certain things, If and Bill was the same way, um, my assessment, um, if you couldn't do it perfectly, why bother? Just yeah. don't do it. Just don't even try. Don't even try. So sometimes people don't even try, want to try something new out of fear that they won't be able to do it perfectly mm -hmm. and that they might make a mistake. Mm -hmm. So they don't even want to try. So they don't try anything. That was me as a student. Mm -hmm. That was really me yeah. as a student because I, I, I never felt like I was good enough. I never felt like I, 
you know, if you got a, a B, it was why was it an A? So right. What's the, the point? Mm -hmm. if, to me, like in my child, my child mm -hmm. mind, I was like, what's the point in working this hard? So I just wouldn't do anything because like, I couldn't it. be perfect, and that doesn't make that doesn't make you feel any better either. Then you feel that hopelessness, oh. like you like you can never do anything right. So it's just, you know, if we don't handle things in a healthy way. Mm -hmm the outcome is always going to be dysfunctional in some way. Exactly. So even in, even in these extremes. Everybody loses. Yeah. So if you're, if you're selectively perfect, now think about this concept. Obsessive compulsives are forced to choose which areas of their lives they will concentrate on and get their self-worth from by being perfect and which areas they're going to let slide, okay, that they are, they're going to say they don't really care about. Um, so we become rigid and legalistic in some areas, but may neglect other areas completely. Um, so the paradox for the codependent is this, that while we're trying to control others, they're being controlled by the people they try to control. Wait a minute, I've lost. I'm, never mind. Sorry. No, you're right. No, I'm on the wrong page. Uh, never mind. So, sure? Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, hold on. Hold on. We are not we're perfect. Confused. We're not perfect. So selectively perfect. We may, um, yes. So that was the first one, was selectively perfect. And then the second one was being broken and helpless. Okay. So ah, this was, this is a tough one. And um, in our, in our attempt to always look perfect, sometimes we don't let ourselves feel this broken and hopelessness. Mm -hmm. So you might have to tap into something that's super uncomfortable right now, but for some codependents, the crushing weight of always, of being right, of being neat, of being in complete control of everything at all times is just too much. It's a burden that we cannot bear. It's not reasonable. It's not right. And they become, or we become, if it's you, immobilized because the job of rigidly controlling life is such an overwhelming and massive task that we can't bear the weight of it. So those people, sometimes it's us, appear irresponsible, just like Kathleen was saying. Mm -hmm. They look like they don't care. They, but, and, and really, I've got, I'll give an example in a minute. They really do care, but they have been broken under the strain of this striving for perfection. Um, they've given up. Just given up. But they really don't have any sense of freedom or feeling of relief. Never. So I, you know, I have a lot of kids. For those of you who don't know, I have five kids and I have four kids that are still at home. And I've got one in particular that really struggles with hopelessness and has a hard time motivating, um, I guess I could say herself, to do things that need to get done. And some of her sisters go, what is wrong with you? Why can't you just get it together? Why does mom let you get away with everything? But it's that she's so crushed and burdened by that feeling of hopelessness that she just can't function sometimes. Mm -hmm. But her sisters don't have any empathy. They think she's just being lazy. Mm -hmm. So I, they, if they saw this, they would be laughing at me right now because I have this thing I do with my voice where I get emotional and I hear it. They're never <laughs> going to watch it, so it's fine. But um, it breaks my heart because I see her brokenness. Mm -hmm. I see that she's having a hard time. Um, but we all want to be able to empathize and see when somebody's having a hard time and, and right. give them some grace. But also, if that's you, 
Give yourself some grace. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be perfect all the time. You don't have to have it figured out. And if you're having a hard time, give yourself time to work through it. Give yourself tools to work through it. But that feeling of hopelessness is not from God. Mm -hmm. It is not forever. Mm -hmm. And it's not where you have to stay. Right. So do a book study. Pick up one of these books. Untangling Relationships by Pat Sprinkle. Do the work. And do the work. It does take work because... For us to get over this sense of having to be perfect and having to be in control, you can you you can change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you mm-hmm. can move away from that and fix that. In fact, we were just talking today about at work one day. Um, I'm in the process of of retiring and moving away. From, you know, getting out of the business, and. Um, I was going to come in to show them some last minute things that the staff needs to know when I when I step away. And I said, okay, is today a good day for me to come in and demonstrate these things? And Kim said, today is not a good day. Everything's going on. I thought, okay, <laughs> cool. And I just went on about my business. But that was completely a new Kathleen. Yes. Because in the past, what would have happened is she would have been like, what's going on? What's going on? What's happened? What's that? I'm going to just jump in the car and got there and see what I can fix. You know, what? Let me fix this. You know? So Absolutely. I didn't even ask because I thought, you know what? They got she, it under control. They didn't even ask. It. And we did. Right? But everybody in the office was like, Kathleen didn't even ask what was going on nope. because it was so out of character. But how did it feel to not feel like you had to control everything? It felt great. And that told me in that moment that I have come a long way. Yeah. That I have, ex- I have experienced progress in this not perfection right but progress Mm -hmm. things are getting better i'm much more self-aware i am much less likely to try and control everything around me i mean there's still things i struggle with of course it's a process Mm -hmm. Um, but in that particular instance i recognize the fact that i don't have to be in control of that i don't need to know what's going on i can trust my staff to handle that and i can just move on to the next thing and i moved on and i just thought okay I, don't, I didn't even think, well, I wonder what's happening. I just thought, you know what? She Not didn't. my concern. She didn't even wonder what was, like, know, that's right? so out of character. Crazy, crazy. That, But that shows the growth. Right. So change so is the, possible. Yes. It, it, Healing and growth are possible. Yes. So, um, so let's just it. do a quick so summary. So proud of you. I know, right? So Woo-hoo, proud of you. Yeah, you. So summary statements. This is just for unit uh, four, day three. So codependents define themselves by what they do, how they look, and how well they accomplish tasks in life. That's where that drive for perfection comes from. Mm-hmm. Codependent believers tend to have a relationship with God that is highly controlled. We're very rigid. We want to do things. Ritualistic. Right. Mm-hmm. The yep. ritual versus the relationship. Yes. Right. Some people appear to be very irresponsible when, in fact, they have broken under the strain of striving for perfection. And that's that's sad. I just mm-hmm. I, we hate to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, some driven people feel guilty and hopeless. They believe they are terrible failures. Others feel powerful and in control, and are trying to control everybody and everything. And sometimes we feel this, both of those things at different times. Yes. Some exactly. areas of my life, I can feel like I'm in total control and everything is wonderful. And in other areas of my life, I feel like I'm completely falling apart. Exactly. At different so, times. So that's the truth. You're normal. You're normal. <laughs> so let's look at. Day four. Day four talks about controlling others. Now, we talked about controlling ourselves. Mm -hmm. Now, we're going to talk about controlling others. Yes. So, the codependent's attempt, you know, we have these attempts to control people. They usually produce one of two extremes of behavior. So, one extreme, codependents may try to act like smothering parents um, and shape and um, control the opinions um, 
so that and their opinions and habits and and our helicopter parents where they're constantly paying attention um and and showering you with both praise and criticism all in an effort to manipulate and control it's not actual praise because you did an actual good job it's i want you to do more of that so i'm going to feed feed mm-hmm. that um or the other side of that is codependents may become like dictators barking orders exercising any real or perceived authority and again you may do both, both of these of things at different times at different times uh-huh. with different people mm-hmm. um the other extreme is just withdrawal which we kind of talked about a little bit the other way but you may withdraw you become so tired of trying and controlling others that you just remove yourself. You may feel inadequate and worthless um from the effort just cuz it takes a lot of work to be perfect mm-hmm. and to fail at it every, all day every day. Um and that you believe, you know what? I'm just going to no one will do what I want them to. I'm just going to back off. Mm-hmm. And then your the poor self-esteem that you have overcomes the desire to manipulate. And you, you just, just give up. You know, think about the mom that just can't control her children. She just can't get them to do what she wants them to do. They just aren't making her look as good as she needs to look to feel good about herself. So she just lets them run amok and goes, sits in a room and is with the lights off and is depressed and pulls Crying. the covers over her head, Crying. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so she feels like she just can't get them to do what she wants them to do. Mm-hmm. But that's not, I mean, that's, that's not acceptable either, right? So, and you may have that for a moment, but that should not yeah. be a way of life. <laughs> that should not be your parenting style. Everyone's going to bed and pull the covers over really? your head. When you think about it, uh-huh. all of these are probably normal moments, but they right. should not be patterns. Total, yeah, they should life. not be your parenting yes. style. So mm-hmm. your parenting style should not be smothering and helicopter control. Your parenting style should not be... I'm controlling and dictating, mm-hmm. um, and it should not be, you know what? Withdrawal. You're going to do whatever you want to do anyway. I give up. Mm-hmm. But we have those moments. We do. We all do. So, yeah. you know, I was, yeah, mm-hmm. I did that with Abby a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I was kind of smothering, and I really tried to force my opinions on her, and um, I used praise and criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was sure a dictator because my, you know, my dad was too. He was a Marine. And I, you know, I was barking orders and being the authority and whatever. Um, so that's, and, and that does not accomplish what you want it to accomplish. It Let's does just not. say that. It doesn't, it does not make for healthy relationships. Exactly. So keep that in mind. So I, I actually have an example. Oh, good. Listen Tell to us. this. This is, this is a new, the new thing that's happening in my life. So. My fiance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh gosh, who did I just become just now? I know. So, <laughs> So, something happened with my kids. And my, I did, I did, I did. She got a gig. I did, yes. But my fiance says, your girls are scared to death of you. And I was like, what? Why? Why are they? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know who you were then, but they are scared to death of you. My son, he's the baby. Not so Not much. So much <laughs> because I was a completely different parent. And I was almost like the, oh, I'm so tired. You all raise him. But with my girls, I was so rigid and controlling that they sometimes don't feel like they can have a real relationship with me now. And now they're like scared. So if I say something out of frustration, they think I'm like mad, mad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm like, and I see their reaction. And I see that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is walking going? on eggshells? Like, What's yep. going on? Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, well, and, and so I've had to start paying attention to their body language and go, okay, and communicate mm-hmm. and go, I, you know, I, 
I see what you did there. Do you think I'm upset? Mm-hmm. And I go, you know what? I'm frustrated and I'm tired, not about you, but I'm using like a louder voice. I have to explain mm-hmm. it. I'm yeah. using a louder voice, not because I'm mad at you or I'm disapproving of you. I have to say that. But there's I don't some dis- kind of emotion and it might just be my own frustration. Right, you know? but because I was so rigid and so controlling and so hard with them mm-hmm. when they were younger, they don't feel mm-hmm. safe. Ooh, right? That hurts. They don't feel emotionally they don't feel safe, safe with us. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even that person yeah. anymore. But the residual effects of that are still there. Because then kids, like I'm thinking, you know, they will lie. Like, you know, my daughter didn't necessarily feel like she could tell me things. Yeah. Which got her into some trouble because she didn't have, who was she going to turn to then to get good advice or figure out what to do with things, you know, that were going on in her life. So I wasn't emotionally safe. She didn't, it didn't feel safe to come to me. She was afraid of me. She, she would lie. She would hide things. Mm -hmm. Not even so much as lie, but just hide things. She Mm -hmm. hid things from me. Because she just didn't trust that she wasn't going to get crucified for every little thing, you know. Yeah. So that was hard. You know, that was hard to come to grips with. Mm-hmm. That my parenting style caused her, which we're going to talk about here in a minute, mm-hmm. um, you know, caused her to respond to me in those ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not. But a good at the same time, I'm really grateful that now I can see those things, mm-hmm. and we are working on the communication so that my kids, because, you know, like my youngest of the girls will say, you are disrespecting my boundaries. Ew. (laughs) And stop trying to control me. Mm -hmm. If you're the parent that says... Who are you talking to? Right? I control everything. Like, Right? Like, if you're the parent that says you don't get to have boundaries, you're a kid. That is wrong. Stop. Just stop right there. Think about that. I'm telling yes. You. If they don't start learning boundaries from a young age, if you do not allow your children to say no or have boundaries or ask questions or question things. Now, I know I'm not talking about, you know, Disrespect. the two or three-year-old that says, why, 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 why? why? That's I'm not talking about that. But what I'm saying is, in our house, we were never allowed to question anything because mm-hmm. my dad would say we were disrespectful. Everything was disrespectful if you disagreed, had your own opinion. Um, questions or challenged anything, it was disrespect. You weren't allowed to, which does not, which did not equip me then to go out in the world as an adult. Yeah. I was such a conformist then. I was such, I, I, I would do whatever anyone told me, a rule follower, but if someone told me to do something, I felt like, okay, I can't really question it, even though I know this is bad. I didn't even know how to yes. say, no, that's bad. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do that. No, you're not going to do that. Right. Or um, even that's not what's best for me. Right. I don't even think we're taught mm-hmm. no. to say, you know what? That's great for you, but that's not what's best for mm-hmm. me. But these are things that are empowering. We were allowed to do things that were best for Our parents decided what were best for us. Right. But that mm-hmm. carries into our adulthood. So most mm-hmm. of my adult life... I didn't know what was best for me. I didn't do what was best for me. I didn't teach my children to do what was best for them. I, I didn't model it for them because I didn't know how to do it. Right. So I'm really grateful that it's not too late right. for yes. me. It's not too late for my children. Um, that I can kind of retrain. As I'm retraining myself, we can retrain them too. Yes. We can make up some of the, have those conversations. Yeah. Try to make some amends and try to work through some things in a different and way. And teach them. You know. Teach them. Because my kids are dealing with the consequences of... Being codependent. Mm-hmm. They don't know it yet. All they don't know. They don't, they but don't I taught what them. that means yet. <laughs> yeah, I taught them. It's so hard to watch them be 
codependent. It's it is. It's hurtful it is. and ugly we can and see stupid. it and we talk about it. Yeah. But we can't get them to see it yeah. because you can't always get someone to see it. They have to work through their healing journey the same way we and are. And part of that codependence is lack as having a lack of objectivity. Yes, they can't and not see it seeing yourself clearly. Right. And our codependency is the need to control them to make them see it. <laughs> yes. Because you'll be so much better. You'll be healthier. Yes. You've got to realize you're codependent. We can't make them do that. You know, we can help. We can help educate uh, yes. and explain it, mm-hmm. but we can't make them embrace it. Right. Right. So, but that's part of the, as we develop right. these relationships. Hopefully, they will have their eyes open and their hearts opened to mm-hmm. to doing things differently. Okay. So I even on a random tangent there. No, that's not. That was perfect. Um. So doing unto others. Codependents manipulate others by using the same techniques of praise or condemnation that have been used on them. Right. On us. But the paradox is, while they're trying to control others, they are being controlled by the people that they are trying to control. Say it again. So while they're trying to control others, they are being controlled by the people they are they're trying to control. So Do while, you get that? while you're paradox. trying to control, to control someone, they that behavior in itself is allowing them to actually control you. Yes. Okay. It's yes. It takes a minute. It, it takes a while to wrap mm-hmm. your brain around yes. it because it is a paradox. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that is, frankly, codependency has a few paradoxes. Mm-hmm. Yep. But that's, and that controlling and being controlled is a big one. So, for instance, if you're in a relationship with a narcissist, or perhaps you're in a relationship with someone who's addicted to drugs or alcohol. So, while you're trying to control them to get them to stop doing whatever they're doing, like, say, let's say the drugs and alcohol, their drug and alcohol use is actually controlling you. Yes. Because you're trying to do everything you can to get them to stop all this. They're not doing any work. They're not doing what they want. So, they're letting you do everything you want to do. Knock yourself out taking care of me because... And by the way, let me manipulate you, mm -hmm. let me manipulate you, let me make you feel guilty, let me make you feel less than and unworthy, so you can make me feel better by getting me the drugs or alcohol or whatever it is Mm -hmm. in this specific instance. It's just this ugly, vicious cycle. It is. So you're not really, you're trying to control them, but they're actually controlling you. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. So let's talk about... Taking off the controls. How do we stop? Yes. So we know that we need to stop attempting to control other people. We need to let them make their own decisions and live with those consequences. Stop. (laughs) You need to sit with that one for a minute. You need to let other people make their own decisions and live with those consequences. How many times have you talked to somebody that said, well, I have to help my son. I have to help my daughter. I have to help my husband. I said, well, what happens if you don't? Well, if they, then, then this will happen to them or that will happen mm-hmm. to them. Well, why are you more concerned with what's going to happen right. to them than they are with what's going to happen to them? Sometimes you the know? consequences are bad. Mm-hmm. Who, needs, right. who needs to deal with that? Mm-hmm. The yeah. person who's responsible. Right. Not the code. I didn't do it. I didn't make why a should decision. I, why should I give you money, right. for example? Yeah. And this isn't happening in my life. I'm just giving an example. Uh-huh. Why would I give you money if you chose not to go to work? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, if you That's quit right. your job. For no reason. Yeah. Or if you were an alcoholic and couldn't keep a job, mm-hmm. why would I support you? Sometimes you got to deal with those consequences. We all do. We I heard do. a saying, I told Kim this earlier. I heard a saying the other day that said, stop setting yourself on fire to keep someone else warm. Because they're not doing what they need to do to take care of themselves, right? So, so let them of, make their own decisions and yes. face those consequences. 
You can comfort them when the consequences come, but don't try and fix them. And Do not try and fix them. Don't try to get your self-worth from helping everybody and making everybody else better. Because mm-hmm. you're just enabling their dysfunction. Exactly. That's actually enabling. Yep. Um, and, and you're just trying to get approval, but not based on your value, based mm-hmm. on your codependent need for love. Mm-hmm. You need to, we need to cut the strings. Cut those strings. We need to let people make their own choices. And that can be hard. And that's okay. Sometimes it's hard. But it gets easier, actually, wouldn't you yeah. say? It, it does it get gets easier. easier. It really does get easier. Mm-hmm. It was so, you know, it, this is so interesting to think about. Because anytime I would try to set a boundary or say no or do something that was best for me, that somebody else wanted something else for me and was trying to manipulate or coerce or whatever, it was so hard for me. I felt so uncomfortable and just sick to my stomach almost on some occasions. It was so hard. I was almost impossible, like physically impossible for me to say no or to stand up for myself or do what was best for me. Over time, as I began to understand all of this and see this bigger picture, suddenly it is this much easier for me to say, you know what? That really doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. That is not serving my needs. I appreciate that that's what you need. Yes. But I can't help you there. Yes. You're going to have to find another way to accomplish that because I can't help you. Um, There's and it freedom in that. There is freedom in there that that I've never experienced. That. You do you, boo. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's why. So for you, listening to this or watching this, think of ways you attempt to control others. And there's a lot of them, big and small. Mm-hmm. Um do these controlling behaviors signal your own search for, for, for perfection in your life? Think about it. What ways do you try to control others? What are the results of your controlling behavior? I'm going to go out on a limb and guess <laughs> that this has negative impacts yeah. on your relationships, all your relationships, yeah. right? You may lose friends. You may have to cycle through friends a lot because people get tired of it and, you know, or relationships, or you know, it may damage your marriage and your children, your relationship with your children. So, um, I'll tell you, in my attempt to control my children, it really mm-hmm. just bred rebellion. Yep, and it made it made them rebellious, mm-hmm. um, and that is that's the natural consequence mm-hmm. of doing something that's unhealthy. And unhealthy behavior is is what erupts from it. So as I have developed these new ways of functioning with my children, our relationships have gotten so much closer and they're so much healthier, but that it didn't start out that way. Right? It's changed over time. So think about this and try to identify those things in your own life, in your own behavior. So what are the results of that controlling behavior? Ask yourself that. Is this really serving you well? Are you really getting what you... You may get what you want, but it's not going to be what you really need for a healthy relationship. And is it really what you want? Not really. Think about it. Is it really what you want? Are you getting them being responsible for themselves? Or are you getting your need for being needed met? Because that's not really a need. It's usually a need to be needed. Yeah. By helping and fixing others. So Mm -hmm. how would you change your own controlling behavior? And this is one of the things that Kim and I really struggled with because mm-hmm. as we're going through this book, we began to realize more and more, okay, okay, so I am codependent. I'm starting to see that I really am. Yes. At first I was like, no, no, no. Now, <laughs> then I was like, yeah, you know what? I'm seeing that I am. Yes. Okay, what now? Mm-hmm. What happens? Mm-hmm. How do I fix it? How do I change it? So as we go through this, we'll start, you know, we'll, we'll address some of that. Um, and I would say a lot of this first book, mm-hmm. I felt... Um, a sense of hopelessness, not hopeless, but a sense mm-hmm. of hopelessness because I had this, these revelations of how I'd been doing it wrong for so long. 
-hmm. and how it had hurt me, how it hurt relationships with my parents, with my ex-husband, with my children, with friends, with God. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, man, I'm, when you first realize how messed up you are, it, <laughs> it, hurt, you, it hurt your feelings a it little does. bit. It hurt your feelings. And Kathleen just kept going, it's go, we're, the, as we're getting through this book, they have to tell, they have to tell us stuff that's going to help what us. what are they going to tell us how to fix it? It's like, it's you, were like, like you were like, they, ha- they have to tell us something. They have to tell <laughs> us. Because we're like, okay, like, we, we get it. We get it. We understand. It's bad. We're terrible. But it's really good, though, because it really, it really helped us to get a foundational yeah. understanding you can't do this with just a cursory understanding i think you've grabbed one little piece of it and now you're okay right you've got to really understand all the finer nuances mm-hmm. of how you got here mm-hmm. you know from your childhood all the way through all the other you know experiences in your life where you came to be here mm-hmm. now you didn't you know you didn't develop that and form all of that in a day right it's going to take time to fit, to walk through it mm-hmm. but the majority of this initial book was really just to help us understand yes. the issue of codependency and how it came to be in, mm-hmm. in, in me us. personally you know mm-hmm. in ourselves and then it starts to talk about things we need to do yeah. to break away from that cycle but it's super important because at first I got impatient yes. I was so shocking and, very, and I got annoyed <laughs> we like, want to control we everything we were kind of annoyed we're like we're, we're like, bad let's be good we're like okay yeah. we're annoyed now like yeah we know yeah. we get it what next what yes. next what next there was very but much we really didn't get it we had to get the full picture well there's le- well, one of the things we learned is that it yes. was layers it was, mm-hmm. it was like peeling an onion and yes. there were layers and layers underneath and you've and got I've, to get through all of that because yeah. if you try, if you start, if you if you jump from this stage to this stage, you're missing a whole section yeah. that's going to keep that's going to make your healing incomplete. Absolutely, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So, anywho, so think about that. So, so um, this this point I think is huge. Go ahead. So I want to. We're going to kind of end with this, and I, you might need to sit down. But if you're walking or whatever, don't. But I want <laughs> you to driving, just, yeah. Don't if you're, don't well, stop. If you're driving. Yeah, you can keep sit driving. Down, but but, yeah. Um, Perhaps, this is you, perhaps you have acknowledged to yourself and come to the realization that you are using abusive behavior to control other people, mm-hmm. these people that you love, right? You may have used emotional or uh, verbal, sexual, physical abuse to these people in your life. You may not even be um, comfortable calling it abuse, but the truth is the truth, it's so we're going to own it. Um, and then your your inner guilt and your fear and your shame, because that's a big part of it too, have prompted this abuse. That's where it all comes from. Right. What do you have inside you? You project out. Project out. Yep. That's why that healing needs to happen. And these have these reasons have come from your own dysfunctional past, and that's contributed to the, your behavior. It didn't come from nowhere. That's why we got to peel back the layers, understand mm-hmm. it, so we can heal it. But those reasons. Do not excuse your behavior. That's the hard part. That's the hard part right there. Mm -hmm. Just because you came by it honest, just because you were hurt, does not mean, now that you know, now that you know you are hurting those people, this is abusive, you can't do it anymore. Mm -hmm. If you're screaming at somebody on a regular basis, if you're calling them names, tearing them down, telling them they're stupid, that they're worthless, if you are hitting somebody, if you are hitting your children, now... I'm talking about beating. Right. You know, I'm to talking control about behavior. Yeah, to control behavior. I'm going to spanking now and then, whatever, a little swat here or swat there. But I'm talking about actual beating. Yes. I'm talking about physical abuse. If you're punching a child, if you're kicking a child, if you're throwing them against the wall, any of those kinds of things, if 
or a per, another person, husband or wife, man or woman, if you are being abusive to somebody physically, you know that's wrong. Yes. It is abusive. And you may it not needs to stop. You may not realize the little insidious things like manipulating them. Mm -hmm. Right? That's also abuse. Exactly. If you are being manipulated, that you are being abused. Mm -hmm. That's a hard one, but I'm mm -hmm. going to just say it. Because you so can't doing, always recognize. Sometimes it's hard. the abuser doesn't always recognize necessarily that that, that subtle mm -hmm. emotional abuse is abuse. But it is. But now that you know. Beating someone down, gaslighting them, making them think they're crazy or that yes. they're not, you know, that what they think is wrong when it's actually right. You know, making them second guess themselves. Make them feel crazy. So that you can control them. Yes. Is abuse. But now that you know, mm -hmm. you are responsible. You are responsible anyway. <laughs> you are responsible for your behavior. So now that so, you know, mm -hmm. stop. Yes, you've got to find and a way to stop. And it's time to learn a new pattern. Mm -hmm. So whether it's going to therapy, um, like we said, doing this study, mm -hmm. getting a group together, it's time mm -hmm. to unlearn mm -hmm. those past behaviors. Yes. It's the cycle stops now. Exactly. The if you know what right. you're doing is wrong, and you have to know, when, you, when you're abusing children, you know that's wrong. Um, or your spouse or your significant other, whatever, that's wrong. Get help. Mm -hmm. There is counseling. There mm -hmm. is help for you. You can get that kind of help that you need. I will use my mom as an example. One of my earliest memories, I think I was maybe, it's a very early remember, so it's kind of faint, but I think I was four. Um, little Kathleen. Little baby Kathleen. <laughs> and my mom was mad about something and she was ironing and I just remember she took the iron and she took the cord and was just beat me with the cord of this iron. Now, that's what she knew from her mom, right? So one day she's in the doctor's office and she's uncomfortable with that. She feels bad every time after she hurt me, you know, she felt bad, right? So she was at the doctor's office one time. Now think, this is in the early 60s, right? So she just happened to pick up some medical journal thing or whatever. Because in those days, they didn't talk about child abuse. They didn't talk about counseling. People didn't go to therapists or counseling. If you went to a, um, a sanatorium, it was, you know, you were considered to have had a nervous breakdown or something if you had depression or, you know, you had hysteria or whatever, if you had some emotional issues or what have you. But anywho, they didn't talk about this stuff. But it was just this very simple article that talked about how hitting children was wrong. You know, abusing children is not normal and that it needs to be addressed. And it gave some examples of those things. My mom recognized herself in that. And they gave these 10 things to stop hurting your children. It was just wow. this little list. And my mom read that, and she asked them if she could actually take the article. But she used that. And what she did, one of the things it said was just remove yourself to another room, as long as the child isn't, you know, sticking his hand in the heat, in the flame or something. But remove yourself, count as high as you need to count until your breathing is normal and you've calmed down and you don't feel that rage anymore. Wow. And then go and address your child. So it was just a several little things. I don't even remember. But my mom started to put those into practice. And she stopped hitting. Mm. So for her, the hitting was an issue. She had to stop hitting. She still did the yelling. There was still the yelling. But you <laughs> know, one, perfect. one step at a time is what yeah. I'm saying. So I remember at a certain point in my life, my mom came to me and asked me if I remembered being abused by her, being oh. physically abused. And I said, no, I really don't. But then I did. I remember just, the only thing I really remember, I think, was that iron cord. But anywho, and she said, well, I need to, I need to acknowledge that. I need to apologize. I need to ask for forgiveness. I'm like, I was four. But anyway, but it was about that time that she stopped. 
So I know she'd been kind of hitting us up to that point, um, but that's when it kind of stopped as she started getting it together because she recognized it. But how courageous wow. and how self-aware mm -hmm. was that in the early 60s yeah. to even admit to yourself, hey. read this article and think, wow. That's I do this. Yeah. That's wrong. I need to stop this yeah. because it seemed normal because that's what she knew in her house. So for her to make the effort to stop that is amazing to me. I have mad respect for her. Yeah. Mad respect. Props to her for that. Yeah. And so she did. She didn't do a lot. I mean, we still got spankings, but it wasn't beating. There's, I think you know, there's, there's a, a difference. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I never, I don't ever remember getting hit, like swatted more than three, maybe four swats. Yeah. It was never, you know, it was a never beat. like that. Yeah. It was never like they were out of control and raged. So... Um, so yeah, props to mom for that. So do you want to do the summary statements? Sure, summary statements. So for this unit, remember that codependents manipulate others by using the same techniques of praise and condemnation that others have used on them. Mm -hmm. We, we do the same thing yep. that was mm -hmm. done to us. Yep. But the paradox for codependence is this. While we are trying to control others, they... Are being while we are trying to control others, we are being controlled by the very people that we are trying to control. <laughs> it's such a vicious cycle. It we is. think we're controlling them, they're controlling us, it's all crazy. We need to let other people make their own decisions and live with those consequences. Stop trying to fix other people. You There's can't. freedom. There's you freedom yeah. in this, y'all. I'm telling there you. There is. There really, truly is. So we're going to let people be who they are and yes. we're be who we are. So... Um, hey, thanks for joining us. If you're getting some value out of this, um, click the like and subscribe mm -hmm. button below. And share and it. And share it. Yeah, please do share. Um, so if you're finding this is helpful to you, it's just been tremendous for us. And the whole reason we wanted to do this is because we have had such healing and growth and change in our lives. Because, you know, when you're deep in something, it does feel hopeless. Like you're never mm -hmm. going to be able to change because you don't know how to be different. You mm -hmm. don't know how to do it. This is a step-by-step. Step. Yes. It's just very slow. It's a slow change. It's okay, But when though. we start seeing it, it's yeah. so exciting. And we celebrate the wins. We yeah. see the wins all the time. Yes. So every time we see each other, we go, this is what I worked through. Yeah, this is what this I This is what I'm dealing with. This is what's happening. But it's, yeah. so, but it's so powerful. So yes. we want you to have, we want you to be empowered. We want you to just manage you and not feel like you have to control ever yourself yes. or Let everything go. around you. Um, yeah, and it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> When we handle things in a healthy way, everybody, every other relationship gets healthier. Mm -hmm. So that's what we're striving mm -hmm. to do. So get the book. Yes. Do it with a counselor or do it with a friend or do it with a group, yeah. whatever you need to do, but just do it. Exactly. The change is in your hands. You can do Literally. it. Literally. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks guys. for joining us, guys. See you next Bye. time. Bye.